Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello, folks, and welcome to an episode of the Labels Podcast. I am Lucy, and I am joined as ever well, by my lovely co-host, Alice. Hello, Alice. Hello, Lucy. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm slightly suspicious looking at my microphone this morning because I feel like its arm doesn't seem as tight as it used to and it's just going to fall apart in no. the middle of the recording yeah, you, yeah um which considering all the tech issues we've been having this morning feels like that would be <laughs> just be appropriate but yeah. uh, otherwise otherwise i'm fine how are you i'm all right thank you yes not too bad not too bad managed to get up early and have some breakfast and put my face on this morning so i don't look as frightening to our guest as i would normally do <laughs> You know, step up from wearing my pyjamas with no makeup on. <laughs> so yes, but yes. I'm fine. How are you? you? We did me already. I'm oh, fine. Oh yeah, did we did me. See? <laughs> I am awake, um, I promise. I am listening. It bodes well for the rest of the episode. Yes, um, it does. I am looking forward to today's episode. Mm. Our guest today is somebody who's been really supportive and vocal about our show for a long time. She actually uh, donated some of the proceeds of um her uh one of her ventures to us at the beginning of the year it was a very exciting new year's day gift uh for me and you obviously yes, and me. Um, i was also excited <laughs> yeah um so that that was uh that was wonderful um she's started some new ventures as well she's a very very busy lady our guest today is emma Emma, would you like to introduce yourself yes. and uh, tell everybody a little bit about who you are? Yes, hello. Thank you for letting me be on your podcast. It's quite exciting. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And yeah, so I'm Emma. I'm... So recently I became the co-founder and editor of a new online magazine called Print Life. I mean, it may seem like quite a controversial title to some people, but we can assure you, you know, it's a good sort of title for us. Sort of making a difference and sort of changing perceptions of the word, I guess. Um, so we've been going for about three months. So we do a lot of different disability-related content and interviews and things like that. And then on top of that, I also run my own blog called Disability, which is where I donated some money that we made from that earlier this year. So I'm glad that was good use for you guys. <laughs> And, um, yeah, th thank you. So we we New Year's Day, we were halfway down a box of Quality Street, not together. <laughs> <laughs> I think equally, we're halfway down a box of Quality Street, and I kind of went, "Oh, Emma, Emma from Rock for Disability has donated some money to uh, our podcast." And when we saw the amount, we were quite staggered, weren't we, Alice? So I, it's, I'm just, I'm laughing at what you think I was doing on New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing. What were you doing? If you say you were going for a run, I think we're going to fall out or something. No, no, I haven't been, I haven't run for about nine months because my back is too bad. Yeah. Um, And my scales reminded me about how long it's been since I did any running on Friday and it was quite upsetting because <laughs> uh, you know I was doing all that exercise and now I'm not but I have not changed my eating habits um, no. no on on New Year's Day um, this year they, husband and I uh, went to a spa oh yes I remember she wasn't eating quality she was in a she was in a um... I, was, I think I was properly drinking champagne in yeah. a dressing gown but, dead posh uh, and eating quality street maybe <laughs> Yeah, maybe in a quality later on when you got home. I think I was so fucking tired. We had to get up really early to go yeah. to go there. So I was like, 
like this was a very nice relaxing day but i now need a nap to recover from my relaxing day <laughs> but uh, anyway that, yeah, anyway, beside, was, up, beside the good. point <laughs> I, I just remember i was on my own in the spa dave was having a treatment so i was sitting on my own in a dressing gown just drinking <laughs> champagne or something on my like on my phone and going oh oh I, I, i've got nobody here to be excited with because these are all 50 year old strangers so she messaged, <laughs> she, she messaged me whilst i was halfway down a box of quality sheet <laughs> Yeah. They probably Lucy. don't know what a podcast is and what these <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I mean, it was it's, it gave us a real boost because, mm. like, you can get a bit of fatigue around podcasting. We work so hard and we do it all the time, and it, like you feel like you're not getting very far very quick. But then when we saw that money going, it's like, oh, it's one of those things where, like, it's it. You know, we talk to guests, but it's kind of just us yeah you know it's it's very kind of enclosed an enclosed space and so getting any kind of feedback like on you know on social media or anything and then you know to see that uh you know your your message about that it's just it does make us feel like there are people out there who who listen mm. and care and and it's it's really valuable we do really really appreciate it emma it's really generous yes, I don't know whether uh, I don't know whether this is the same for you, Alice. But it makes me a bit, bit funny when people go, "Oh, I listen to your podcast." I'm like, "Why? What? Why? Why?" <laughs> well, it was like um, me, me, Lucy, me, and you saw each other at Nadex, I think last year, wasn't yeah. it? And that's all we spoke yeah. about was the podcast, really, wasn't it? Rather oh, that than, was really that was really weird for me. Going, I got people coming up, going, "Oh, are you Lucy?" And I'm like, "Yes." why <laughs> and they're like oh i listened to your podcast i'm like how do you know it's me at the time i branding with cartoon people and i'm like do i really look like a cartoon person in a wheelchair right. um, it's, the, it's the red hair that you're always yeah. going on about that's true isn't it yeah um but um i yeah it's, it always amazes me that people listen to our ramblings Especially as once again we have managed to make it all about us, and yeah. Emma has come here to talk to us about her stuff. So <laughs> yes, shall we quiet. shut let's, up? Yeah, let's be quiet. <laughs> quiet now. Um. So you, when did you start your blog, Emma? I think end of twenty seventeen. So I think oh, wow. a lot, so a lot going people, a while. A lot of people get saying, "Oh, Emma, you should do a blog. You should do a blog." And I was a bit hesitant to start with because I didn't have much time and. I want to get a proper job because I just finished my degree in journalism the year before. So I was trying to do a lot of job hunting, trying to apply for jobs like BBC, ITV, newspapers, you know, anything and everything. <laughs> but sadly, I just couldn't get the jobs. I think it's a combination of it's quite a competitive market, but also the disability, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I tried anything and everything to get the job. And I think I got, I think I was doing, um, I managed to get a little remote job doing like, um, I don't know if you had the company Clean Easy, where sort of they sell cleaning products and other random little, okay. it's like an Avon type job, you know, where you sort of Yeah, but for cleaning people. products, yeah. yeah. So I did that for a few months, but it was getting a bit silly and like I wasn't really selling much and then the, the way you do it is that you've got to buy the products for your money and yeah, then you yeah. get the money back from the customer and it was just, yeah. it was getting a bit silly and I think I got a bit of fraud out of it because somebody asked me to get them a big bowl of cleaning stuff for them. I got it and then they never paid me for it. Mm-hmm. So I think they were a bit of fraud. I think they were like from a rival company pretending to be a customer. Mm-hmm. So after that, those... I thought, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do yeah, something. Those systems are, are really. I used to be an. I was an Avon lady for ages. Yeah. Ages. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I did it all. I did it all through. Like I did it during my undergrad and after my undergrad, all through my master's degree. Wow. Um, and it's just, you just make, you make nothing mm. unless you build up and build up and build up and have like 10 people under you doing like a pyramid all the, scheme, really, it is, it? Yeah. it is absolutely a pyramid scheme. It's, uh, and it's those things where they're like, you know, you, you could be, you know, we, if you sell this much, we'll give you this prize. And it's just, yeah, it's all. The prize is the lipstick that you've already got in the yeah. to sell on. Well, and that, that was the terrible thing about Avon is that I am a bit of a makeup hoarder. Yeah. So I would absolutely be like, like they give you the like sales <laughs> cat sort of like on sale catalogue stuff. And I just I was spending a fortune on that and like I was out of pocket 
pocket all the time. I know. Terrible. I'm a bit of a makeup hoarder. And I think if I was an able lady, I would just be like, no, I'm keeping this for myself. Thank you. It's nail polish. I can't help myself. Nail polish and lipstick. I've got thousands of them. And it's like, I've only got 10 fingers and 10 toes. Yeah. I do not need this much nail polish. But... My mom is always telling me, you don't need any more eyeshadow. You don't need any more. I'm like, yes, I guess I do. So it's pretty. And this is the this is the this is the funny little fetish I've got that replaces my shoe fetish because I can't get shoes to fit my feet. <laughs> Leave me be. Leave me be. I do think oh, we'd probably have been alright if we'd worked for Clean Easy though, because <laughs> I don't think I, I'd be like, oh, I have to have some more window lean. Well, they did have gifty bits as well. They'd be like Christmas, and that was quite fun. They had things like sort of little decorative magnets and yeah, other random things like that. I used to buy a few things like that though for myself or for friends. Like, yeah. I actually doing Christmas shopping was quite nice. So I got quite a few gifts. So it wasn't just all cleaning products, but it was mostly cleaning <laughs> products. But yeah, so kind but of yeah, when, when I finished that, really, I thought no, I need to do something more back to my journalism, you know, mm. area. And I thought, well, what can I do in the meantime? Right, so I'm just going to take the risk and start the blog. So I do like a mixture of disability and music because my dream job has always been to be a music journalist. Because I mm. love going to gigs and festivals and listening to music. So I thought I'd kind of do my two sort of passions of disability and music. Yeah. So I do sort of music content on a Monday and then disability or lifestyle content on a Friday. So it's a nice You feel like that then. would be a really, that, 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 you know, disabled music correspondent would be a really kind of cool niche. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, the content I the content I do isn't specifically disabled. Music. There is the odd disabled artist I get, but some just generic music. Because I think sometimes I find like, although a lot of my work is disability, sometimes I want to step away from disability a little bit and just do normal stuff. Yeah, I love music in general. Yeah, so it's quite nice yeah. that my music content is just focusing on the music and not the fact they have a disability or anything like that. Really, no, no. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's the same when we get like certain guests on sometimes where we just want to kind of gossip and gas about what they do, even when it's kind of slightly un, unrelated to disability. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite nice, isn't it, for us to go, oh, yeah, we're, letting, we're not going to really mention your disability. Well, you haven't yet with mine, have you? Yeah. Well, no, we've been sat <laughs> no, exactly. and you still don't know my disability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. We've, we've definitely, like, we've had guests on where, because I can't necessarily see them, yeah. like, we finished the recording and I'm like, I don't actually know what that person's disability was, but, yeah. it, you know, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. really matter, no. no. Exactly. I'm always really surprised, Emma, when I, I don't know why I'm surprised, because, you know. <laughs> but I'm always really surprised when you're like, oh, I've got an interview with this person. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're quite famous. Yeah. Well, like, I'll get, I'll always, do, like, I'll I'm always... On Monday, I'm speaking to the actor Tommy Jessup. That, wow. On Monday. That is amazing. That's cool. Yeah, that's... The, I mean... That's our first big interview since we started the magazine, so... How how like how did you sort of get it? Like how did you get your foot in the door to go? Well, a lot, okay, a lot, a lot of them come to me. Look, I just get press releases from the like BBC, ITV, Channel Four, right. and they have a press release saying so and so releasing this new program. If yeah. you like interviews, let us know. So, yeah, I just go back and say, "Hi, can we have an interview with this person?" We need to and get then, on press release list, don't we? Yeah, uh, basically, Alice? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can somebody sort that out, please? Um, well, that's what I mean. That's Emma, what I can Emma. Have you want me to? Yeah, kind of yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's less work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So, who's the most like? Who's the most? Who's been the most enjoyable interview? Would you say? Oh, that's a hard one. Because yeah, because I, I, I mean, if you want, do, do you want me to explain to your listeners that you're, before this, I used to work. Horizons, mm-hmm. which is an online magazine which ran for 12 years, yes. but it sadly closed in April. Mm-hmm. But in that time, I think I've been doing interviews since like 2018. Mm-hmm. I did like a mixture of email interviews and Zoom and phone call interviews. But yeah. I've done, I mean, I'll go through sort of names. I mean, people I've actually spoken to on the phone and Zoom have been people like Alex Brooker, Eddie Dipitan. Um, Safety Christensen is a Paralympian. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've done a few Paralympians. I've done Libby Clegg. 
uh, Lauren Steadman, um, Holly Arnold. And do you do? Is there like a certain type of famous person that you like to talk to? Would it be like a musician? I or prefer, a yeah, Paralympian either like or actors a... or comedians or musicians. Or kind of, I did um, Sean Ryder in April, in March. Last wow. Year. Like, I bet that was lively. Yeah, I was. I was really nervous about that one because I don't know what he'd be like. And actually, he was really friendly and really like oh. chatty. It didn't really feel like an interview. Really, it was <laughs> quite nice. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose like when I worked at the BBC, I was very, very lucky to meet lots of famous people that you wouldn't expect to see wandering around BBC <laughs> Birmingham on a lunch day. Oh, oh, there's Gary Barlow. Um, and I always thought what a privilege it was to just be in that sort of environment where you could bump into these people and sort of like have a chat. And like Matt Baker used to work three desks down <laughs> Me and Alice are big fans of Matt Baker, aren't we, Alice? He was my Blue Peter crush. Yes, well. he was mine also. <laughs> um, but, and he makes a cracking cup of tea because I'd be first in the office because my taxi driver would like turn up dead early. So I'd be there like dead early. And he'd be like... Do you want a cup of... I'm putting the kettle on. Do you want a cup of tea? Yes, please. And I was like, if you could tell my 11-year-old self that Matt Baker would be making a cup of tea at work for me, I would never have believed it. But it's that kind of how privileged... And also, I think having a disability kind of makes you memorable, doesn't it, to these famous people. They go, oh, I remember... Yeah, I remember them because, you know, it's not very often you get some gobby redhead in a wheelchair. (laughs) Two sugars, please, sort of thing. It's, It's... I just think it's like amazing that we've landed these opportunities Uh, and they're often been hard for opportunities as well to get to where we we are you think you know I felt like giving myself a pat on on the back every morning you know it's quite um, amazing really But no, I mean, like with some interviews, it still can be hard to get older. I mean, I'm still battling with Rosie Jones, sadly, at the moment because I was open mm. to. I got a press release that came out about, well, not right, but from the Channel Four about over a month ago about the new documentary. Mm-hmm. So I emailed them because I think they were going to invite me to an event in London. But I said, sadly, I can't attend these things in person easily because of other personal commitments and stuff. But I said, I'm still interested in doing an interview with can we organise a Zoom meeting with her? And they were all like, yeah, 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 we'll do that for you. And it got to about a month and I still heard nothing. So I emailed again because I checked to see if this event in London might be live-streamed or something. I said, oh, is this event going to be live-streamed? they're like, oh, no, sorry, but yeah, we can still organise an interview for you. Mm. And then I was chasing up, chasing up nearly every other day up until like three days before the documentary was going to go live. And in the end, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to write some sort of review instead of the interview and then just put at the bottom of the article. You know, we tried to get an interview with Rosie, but at this time, she's not available and stuff. I mean, this this show has very mixed feelings about Rosie. Like, she she just <laughs> out of the blue last last Christmas, Christmas before. Yeah. Um, I have no concept of time. <laughs> um, she recorded, like, a, a really... Sh- call out of the blue sting for the podcast just because my mate emailed her people out of the blue and went hey would you do this um and she and did. it was like my secret santa thing and that was very cool she yeah. just did that no commitment at all like that was amazing yeah. um but then we have had interactions with her and her people and i know other guests other people who have you know emailed us and contacted us after we talked on the show about mm-hmm. um the incident uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, what we, that's what we call it these days because as soon as we mention it well, by what I, happened well, everybody's did, like oh do you remember that it's like i did so i did find it, i did already prep questions and actually i did add a question about the incident to her but well <laughs> i was really eager to give us a comment and then share the comment on to you guys but... <laughs> well and i think you know there's been a lot of talk uh, on Twitter about uh, the R Word documentary mm. um, and her decision to stand by it in spite of the title, whilst other uh, people who were involved in it actually actively said, No, we don't want to be involved in something that. If you're going to use that, that word, we don't want to be involved. Mm. I mean, that I think that speaks volumes, really, doesn't it? About um, 
the damage it could cause. And she just was like, no, we're going ahead anyway. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll star it out. And she, I mean, I, 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 my feelings are that Rosie Jones's priorities are her own self-promotion, not um, the wider good of the disabled community. Yeah. Um, we should preface this by saying these are the views of the labelled podcast. Well, I was going to say, because yeah. I think if you've read my review recently, I've got to give it a different angle, which a lot of people on this podcast might not agree with, but... Mm. I don't know. I, mean, I d- would definitely be definitely interested to kind of hear. I haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen um, it. I I was gonna watch it, and then I literally like the weekend before it came out was visiting family, and one of my nephews called his brother the R word, and I was like, "Please don't <laughs> use that word. It's really, really." He's t- nine or oh, something. Geez. Yeah, um, and I was like, please don't use that word, it's really offensive. And he was like, oh, um, like, uh, people use it at school all the time. And I was just like, yeah, I just I just don't think that having it on Channel 4, like, even if it starred out, like, mm. kids are already using it and think it's funny to use it. Like, I just, I don't think that having it in the title like mm. that is going to accomplish what people want no like i know i know that people were like no the reason we're doing it is because we want to start conversations it's like all you're going to do is make kids Mm -hmm. hear that word and think oh it's funny to use it because the people who need to have themselves challenged about using that word are not the people who are going to watch that documentary no they're not that's what i said i mean that's basically the the conclusion to my review was i'm not i don't i i'm kind of being i'm on rosie's side because i guess i guess the way I worded it was, we had controversy about owning Life as well when we started. So we're kind of in the same boat as Rosie for that. And I think, I'm not saying the R word's a nice word, it isn't. But it is highlighting the severity of it. And I think, and I think because there's some comments about how, why is she using that when she hasn't got a learning disability? But then they've also got to remember, most non-disabled people don't actually understand the meaning of the word, the R word. Mm-hmm. They no, just yeah. think it's disabled in general because some people are saying you should use spastic instead of the R word. And it's like, well, mm. no, it doesn't make this. The reason she chose the R word because it's probably the most frequent word that disabled people get called and stuff. Mm. Mm. And then um, and then I said this sort of at the end of my review is, yeah, my worry is that really disabled people don't need to watch this program. It's the non-disabled ableist people that need to watch this program. Yeah. And learn about the severity and the harm that hatred, you know, ableist abuse can do. And I, but I, I would also argue that, you know, your your magazine Crip Life, like the word Crip and Cripple has been reclaimed. That's it. That's like, why we did the, it. Because we wouldn't have done it yeah. if we knew it was a bad no. word. Yeah. No, no. And no, it was, you... it was the, you know, it wasn't even our generation. It was like the generation before us yeah. went the same way that, you know, a lot of the black community reclaimed certain words that I would never, ever choose to use. Yeah. No. The other thing is that, you know, it's, it's, if if Crip and Cripple has been reclaimed by us, it is that exactly like we can use that word by having it included in the title of a having the R word included in a title of a TV show. You're giving people license like to use it because they have to use it because they're talking about the show. It's like, well, I can't not use it if I'm telling people to. Oh, you that should go and watch. That. Well, that was that was the funny thing though. Dwayne Bracey was doing all her promotions, but that is what she the other promotions she did because I think she went on like you know the one show in this morning and that. Yeah, but they couldn't use it in any of the like you know exactly. Things. That's and... the only downside to having that word. You couldn't actually use it. To promote no. the program. It's like when um, Chris and Rosie Ramsey go on yeah. to talk about their podcast. It's called Shag Married yeah. Annoyed. And they can never give the full title no. of the show. <laughs> and and also, as well, um, also as well, the um, somebody pointed out, I can't remember who it was. I think it was one of the contributors that pulled out because of the R word. Um, they said you can't use star characters in a hashtag so you're going to have to use the word the r word yep yeah i think that's a, what i did when i was doing my social media posts i think i just do i just did hashtag r word yeah that's what i can't put the real word in i can't put the asterisk in so but i don't think anybody who's 
anybody who's watching that isn't going to be mindful of language, are they? And they're just going to like put mm -hmm. that word in. Well, I think that's the thing. You're either going to have viewers who are already aware of it as a problem and they're mm -hmm. watching it because they want to hear her side. Yeah. Or you're going to have people who want to see the funny talking lady and like laugh about the r word person on the tv mm. like you're you're not gonna i just i just don't think that it's going to it's gonna have the impact like that she wanted it to <laughs> no. and and i think and I was... what she what she i mean i haven't seen the documentary but i imagine what she was trying to say in the documentary was a, she got very valid points mm. and i think by by using that title i think she's done herself a disservice because people are either gonna like alice said watch it because they want to laugh at the wobbly funny talking lady or you're going to get people who know there's a, there's a problem and go well i'm yep. going to sit and watch it in solidarity you're not really you're not really solving an issue are you yeah and it's and it, i i will never ever forget the the time that rosie jones stood up in qu uh, question time yeah and they did refer to that at the beginning of the documentary it's that, incredible yeah. it's yeah. incredible it gave me goosebumps to see that yeah she is incredibly articulate she mm. is really passionate and i just feel like i don't know i don't I don't understand how she seems to keep <laughs> making these mistakes that are really alienating her from the rest of the disabled community. It feels as though as she's becoming more well known, mm -hmm. she is becoming less she wants Part to kind of the... disassociate herself with the community almost that's what it feels like to me it's like yeah that's where i came from but ignore that because i'm rosie jones and you know and it's just you know it's the it's the classic thing that you see of you know a a disabled person saying well these are my access needs so this is what i'm going to worry about not mm -hmm. reflecting on the again the wider community and it's it's that that i have a problem with mm -hmm. and i think you know, she's now being used by mainstream media as kind of, oh, it's the disabled spokesperson. <laughs> um, when actually a lot of the disabled community don't agree with some of the things that she's doing. And I don't really, I don't want people to look at Rosie Jones and think that she represents me. Yes, exactly. I think the problem is, is like with Rosie, in a way, she's kind of got a mild disability. So she hasn't got the whole, she needs carers or she needs extra support, extra equipment like a lot of us do. So I don't think she gets inside of it. She's quite lucky yeah, that, she, I mean, that she can still walk, she can still do most things herself. She part, she, you know, if you took a still photo of her, like she could just be a model. Yeah. There's, there's not, you know, and, and I, I, I'm not that I would describe myself as model worthy like but you i am in the same position you know i can pass as non-disabled very easily and i recognize my privilege in that and i think that that that's what it is i think that's what it, she's just not necessarily recognizing that she's got the privilege of being someone in the public eye someone in a position of power and that she, she's not using that position to uplift everybody I, else i think what it is is the media look at rosie jones and think okay she's a palatable disabled person mm -hmm. Yeah. She's a palatable disabled person. She's disabled, but she's not too disabled that everybody goes, oh, I'm not watching that. It's making me feel uncomfortable. Do you know? Do, yeah. do, do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. That point of I am palatable. I, I can go on question time because I am palatable. I can make documentaries about online abuse because I am a palatable disabled person. And uh, that make that sits very uncomfortably with me because everybody should be palatable. And again, again, it's... If that's how the media chooses to paint you, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But it's what you do when you're in that position. Yeah. You know, she's she's a disabled gay woman. Like, she, I feel like she should be, like, waving flags everywhere. <laughs> she's got flags in black backpacks and stuff. Like, here, have a flag. Like a flag confetti cannon just, you know, constantly going. <laughs> And just, and just, and I just don't feel, you know, like she, 
she she doesn't push boundaries when it doesn't she only does it when it suits her yes when it works for her when there's something in agenda. it for her yeah she hmm. will then push it and anyway. and and that is i don't you know the r word for for her that documentary was a huge amount of coverage and actually all the people talking about it on disability twitter got increased the you know the the coverage of it mm. and by having it as something controversial it meant that more and more people were talking about it but that's why just i decided to write something on it i thought i had to get this in my you know website somehow because mm. it was so topical mm. and luckily exactly. i managed to also get like a follow-up because trying to send me like a statement from ali castle who's like a disabled um, consultant at Channel also mm. explaining why they chose that word and actually i think more people read that article than my actual review because of it, you know, I would be very interested to but it is an if you could read, and I think uh, you know, like I say, from my point of view, I kind of I'm kind of on the channel for the side. I can see why they've done it. I know it is going to offend people, but I think they are trying to get the word, you know, attempting to get the word out how damaging it can be. I think it was. Yeah. I think, and it definitely drew lines in the disabled community as well. There were people that were on Rosie's side and very vocal mm. about. Don't be shouting at her because she's used this word. And then there was people. That, that's that basically like, what Channel Four was saying. This is not all on Rosie. You know, it was a collective decision by lots of people. It wasn't just, mm. you know. Yeah, and I just I would be interested to hear from people like Lou Dawson who were involved in it until they knew that that's what the title was going to be, and they were like, "No, I don't want." you to contribute to this yeah i think i think there was a lot apparently from what i know about it there was lots of discussions and they were trying to very gently coax the conversation around to do we have to use this word and when they realized there was absolutely no wriggle room it was like well i'm afraid you're gonna have to pull out of this then i think that alone would have rung alarm bells for me as a producer but you know what do i know what do i know i just think my final thought i mean i sort of said Again, like I said, I'm worried that non-disabled neighbours who aren't going to watch it, and maybe they need to play this film out to like schools and colleges and mm. universities and workplaces and things to show the damage ableism cause. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think people are going to watch that. Out. They're not going to put through, you know, Channel Four streaming service and be like, "Oh, let's watch that." Yeah, I mean, there are things on on Channel Four sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's a cheery subject. Let's watch a document. Let's watch a documentary about the escape from Afghanistan, <laughs> shall we? And I'm like, why? Why would you want to put that on on a Monday night just as you're having your tea, kind of thing? You have, you have to. There is that level of I have to be really interested in this subject to watch this on a Sunday afternoon when I'm trying yeah. to relax. And not. But about I think. It, but I think this. Yeah, I mean, I've watched it, and I think it would be educational in school mm. and work settings. I think. And yet, compared to, I've watched two programs yeah, this week. Uh, one was Bill Bailey, Extraordinary People, where they paint um, pictures. They marry an artist up with a with a subject, and the subject is a is a person who has there's, there's you know have has had big things happen in their life. And they spoke to a lady called Grace. I can't remember her surname for the life of me, but she became disabled when she was in her third year of medical school. Uh, when a, she was in a shopping centre and a man was jumping off the walkway at the top and landed on her back. Jesus she, fucking Christ. Yeah, so she had a, a, a spinal cord injury and they painted her picture and she was basically talking about how you know, she was worried at the beginning when she was recovering that she'd never get to work in medical settings again and never be a nurse or a doctor. And they actually said, no, you, you can. We can we can work around that. She now works at A&E in, I think it was Lewisham Hospital. She worked wow. in the A&E. So that was, that was brilliant. And then I watched The Unique Boutique, which is on... Yeah, I, I did a piece about were. that as well. I got I love that yeah. program. It's like I'm getting married and I, you know, I can't find dresses that fit me properly or shoes because I, I, you know, I've got a bit of a f- funny gait or something. And they like make outfits for disabled people who are like sat in chairs and yeah. have. Uh, yeah, I managed to get a short interview with Victoria on it. One of the designers. Yeah. I managed to speak to her briefly about it. But yeah, I, it was so that both of those programs were so 
uplifting and it was like this is nice this is the yeah. this is the kind of representation i want to see like the fact that people were, they were making outfits for people and it wasn't a big deal like yeah. people were, you know what's what's the problem i want to wear a pair of jeans and i can't wear a pair of jeans because my stoma uh bag bags yeah. fit don't fit in a pair of jeans so they made her a pair of jeans and she felt so much better about herself and i'm like <laughs> there you go you know yeah, but I think trying to put, you know, to, to ignore the Rosie Jane thing, Channel 4 was still doing a lot of good work because yeah. I don't know if you saw, like, I think about a year or two ago, they kind of started this thing called, like, TV Access Project. Yeah. So basically they've got, like, all these guidelines of disabled representation and disabled inclusion and things. So I think basically one of the rules on Channel 4 programs that was every program has either a disabled character, a disabled presenter, a disabled person, Behind the scenes, working behind you know, the scenes, there's always going to be someone disabled within that program. Yeah, so you're, ne- so you're never going to lose. You know, there's always going to be disability in Channel Four now, which is good. I was mm. very, very lucky. I got my my six months at the BBC uh, started off on the BBC Extend scheme, which is just purely for disabled people. I tried that, but I didn't get through. And uh, well, it, <laughs> I went into my interview that was 20 minutes long and came out 45 minutes later and then realised I'd spent about 15 of those talking about Ed the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> so some, something worked. I was going to say, Lucy, Lucy can blag her way into anything. <laughs> I know, I don't get how you do it. Yeah, if that <laughs> I think, I don't know what it is to me because I'm like, I, the application process I'm always really good at and then they always ask you to do like a one minute video or, math or something. Question. <laughs> Alice is laughing at the maths question because she knows how bad they are at maths. Yeah, but why would you want to give you maths questions in a media setting as well? <laughs> exactly, this is what I always said. Um, but I, they rang me and said, "Oh, you, we'd like to offer you the job." And it was the day after, and I was like, "Oh, this is not good news." Because you know, when they ring you the day after, you're like, "They've not even had time to deliberate this." God, no, not her. <laughs> and I was like. The, the, we'd like to offer you the job and i was like are, are, are you are you sure <laughs> absolutely sure um but yeah so it's like schemes like that to me are something that i am forever grateful for because without it i don't think i would have stood a snowflakes mm-hmm. hope in hell really um and it stood me in good stead you know i always did lose it either at the video recording stage or the interview stage i just don't know what it is i'm doing wrong yeah but... Which is kind of why I've gone down this self-employed freelance way because I think if no one's going to take me on, I'm going to have to do it by myself. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that that being freelance is something that a lot of disabled people find themselves doing because yeah. that traditional workspace is just really not accessible. No, no, um, you know, and it's it's fantastic that Channel Four and the BBC have got these kinds of schemes, but I think. And of course, you know, they, it should be, they should, because they are industry leaders. They are huge, you know, national, international, exactly, exactly. But it is not something you see across other industries and in smaller businesses is just that lack of flexibility Mm. and of in, in, in unawareness, refusal to become aware even, um, you know, and, and just uh, well, no, well, this is this is how we do it. So yeah. you have to fit into our system, or, or you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, bef- before I got my job that I have now, I was going through uh, interview process after interview process, and it got to the stage where I was like, I can't keep doing this anymore for my own sanity. I can't keep doing this anymore because you'd go into interview like I can write send off cvs write application forms and no problem you get me in a room and you can see the light of interest die in their eyes as soon as i say oh you know i need a i'll need a support worker to come with me they immediately think it's going to cost them it doesn't yeah but i love it um, i love how to explain the access to word schemes i think my first ever interview i think i did i just sit and explain to them how the access to work scheme works because they didn't have a clue i had uh, in my previous job um i was sitting in the office with three members of management staff and my pa and we all just happened to be working in the office at that time Mm. and uh they were talking about how busy they were and me and my pa kind of chimed into the conversation and one of my 
managers actually turned to my PA and said, um, well, but, you know, you, you could, would you like a job with us? You could uh, do some casework. No, no, and no, she no. just turned around and was like, I have a job. I'm Alice's support worker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what always made me laugh is when people, like when they're not quite sure how, how the PA thing works. And I have to say to them, like, she's my PA. Like, if you want me to do a job, you tell me to do the job. And then I work out what I need the PA to do. You can't go to my PA and say, could you just do this filing, please, love? Um, yeah. Uh, because you know you'll be quicker yeah. at it than, tell me you want some filing doing it and then i can work out which bit of the filing oh, no. I've, I've, had, I've had worse than that i've had like i'm full-on doing something else and people have come up to my support worker and be like <sighs> hey can you do this filing and she's like well alice's job doesn't involve filing so <laughs> so no no <laughs> <laughs> but i it's like she my, my pa would say to me I mean, we're we're still great friends, me and my PA. She had, she had to leave in the end uh, because of one thing and another. Not because I was horrible to her. I'll just put that. Out. <laughs> but um, she uh, she 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 used to say, "Do you want to?" She used to say, "Do you want a cup of tea?" Do you want a cup of tea? And I'd say, "Yeah." And then because she'd get up to make a cup of tea, everybody's like, "Can I have one? Can I have one?" And I'm like, "Don't make a cup of tea for him." Don't make a cup of tea <laughs> that, that one's fine. <laughs> because it's just like, no, get yourself. Um, yeah, it blows people's minds. I'm like, there's, there's an extra person in the office, but I can't ask her to do anything. I'm like, no, I am the only one who can speak to Lynn. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I am aware, I am aware I had a PA called Lynn. I used to, like, drop Alan Partridge quotes in all the time. <laughs> she'd be like, what are you, to, what, what are you talking about? Because she'd never seen Alan Partridge. <laughs> Lynn? Lynn? <laughs> Quite funny. That's how I entertained myself at work. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of I those. I mean, it sounds like no wonder people were asking Lynn to do your job for her. You were too busy doing fucking Alan Partridge impressions <laughs> to do any work. <laughs> They were like, Lynn, look, I asked Lucy to do this filing 25 minutes ago. And she's Could, just you? There. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do it, please? Quoting Alan Partridge. <laughs> uh, but it's like, and she, like, so Lynn, even if I was struggling doing something, I think I've mentioned this before, Lynn, if I was struggling to do something, would go, like, she'd watch, she'd watch me say, I don't know, cutting something up with a pair of scissors, and I'm struggling. But I'm, so I'm not saying... Can I have some help, please, Lynn? She's just and she's just watching me until I go, Lynn. Can you can you do this? Because I can't do it. She's like she'd go. Thank God for that. I've been watching for the last twenty minutes. Like thank Christ. <laughs> I I have been at my current job for <laughs> nearly two years, and I still go into the kitchen with my like soup or whatever I've got put in the microwave at lunchtime. I get it all ready, and then just stand in front of the microwave and go. No, no, I still can't see it. Holly. <laughs> Every single time. It would take like half the time if I just went, hey, could you warm my soup up for me, please? Yeah, exactly. But you feel like I want to do this for I want to be independent. I could go do the soup. It's fine. Yeah. But you're not just making the office to get a talking microwave, and that made more sense. I mean, I could... I, I could probably ask for one, but um, I work for a very, very poor charity. <laughs> unlikely that, like, my request would go in, and then yeah. nothing would happen for what a long time. What the hell time. is this? No, it would be. It's much faster. Just to, get your like, PA. Well, Shane, Shane, you can get a portable talking one that you can take with you everywhere you go. <laughs> I already have to take like the eighteen pounds worth of dog stuff. <laughs> with me every day. Yeah, fair. Just like, just like, got my poo bags, got my dog food, got like, she's got a bed in the office, she's got a bowl in the office, she's got toys in the office, she's got like a mat for a bowl. She just, just. To be fair, I like. It sounds like, I mean, a bed in the office is my ultimate dream, really. You do understand that you're supposed to work when you're at I work, know, right? I, yeah, I, <laughs> I would just like if my employer is I would just like to point out that if my employer is listening to this, I do work very, very hard. Um, yeah. But PAs are great. I love them. So with your, you know, doing your freelancing and stuff, Emma, are you, uh, it sort of sounds like you're working kind of exclusively from home. Yeah, it is all Have at you... home because I think I prefer it. I mean, I'm doing it even before COVID. Yeah. And um, I kind of just prefer it. I think I just find it easy because... Luckily, I don't really need PA support. Once 
einmal von gestern ich das Buch gemeistert, die ich hatte doch auch gesehen und auch vergeben. Und es sind Sachen, die sehen, vielleicht talking to people und lesen rein und so. Und dann haben wir auch einen Tag von der Myself, and I think, although it can be a little bit lonely sometimes, I think I'm one of those people that just, I like to keep up such quick get things done, really. It's like trying to write articles and stuff, I'd rather be by myself to get it all done. Yeah. yeah. And so then no it saves on travelling, because obviously we're travelling, I need help to travel, because where I'm a wheelchair user and visually impaired, I need help driving the wheelchair, obviously getting in the car, driving the car, and all that sort of stuff. It is more difficult. Yeah. So overall, just being from home is just so much easier. I'd have to rely on anybody then. I think that's the thing as well. Working from home, I mean, I work from home. Um, uh, you can sort of have your setup just how you want it to be as independent as possible. I think that is something that is yeah quite empowering, really, isn't it? Yeah, but no, I mean, I'm just so glad. You know, this could be the norm going forward. If I ever try to buy for a different job or something. I know yeah. the you know the company's got no excuse. Can't say no to working because you know it's possible now. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I do think there is a real push coming through from companies to try and get people back into the office more. My husband's uh, currently working on a on a contract where they're like, "We want you to be coming into the office once a month," and he's like, "No, no, I'm not doing that." <laughs> like, no, <laughs> thank you. I, I, well, my husband, my husband's a web designer. Like, what does he need yeah, to sit in an need? office Yeah, for? exactly. Is it just to have, like, a face-to-face meeting and a catch-up or something? I mean... What is that? Sort of. But also, I think it's just... It's a weird control thing. I think mm. the businesses have to be like, no, I need, need to... need to see you. Yeah, you need to prove to me that you're working. Like, your your work is not enough proof. I need yeah. to actually see that you've put trousers on Let and me. you're working. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did have to go into the office a couple of weeks ago and he came home and was like, I have not worn jeans for this long in about four years. <laughs> Get them off, Ross. I think that's the other reason why I like working from home. Yeah, I don't have to dress up so much. Like, I am happy in just, like, joggers and a hoodie. And it's like, I think... Sort of since COVID, I think I kind of got rid of a lot of my nice sort of smart stuff because I think, well, I don't really need this anymore. No. Something the day I, I do, have... I really need to go and do something formal. I think, what am I going to wear? Because I'm not going to wear I have absolutely got uh, like three or four sets of. Uh, I call them I call them loungewear, but they're actually pajamas that don't look like pajamas. So if I am having a if I am having a particularly bad pain day where I am like it is too it's too much effort for me to get dressed like a proper human, I can wear some pajamas that don't look like pajamas, and nobody knows because I don't tell them. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, but that it means I can be comfortable. I'm not having to sit in a taxi for, you know, an hour to get to work, an hour there, hour back to get to work every day. I'm not arguing with Susan about whose yogurt was left in the fridge. <laughs> you know, that kind of office politics of who's eating my yogurt. I don't know, Susan. <laughs> your yogurt. Um, that kind of thing. I think, like, don't get me wrong. I love going to our like we have a quarterly business review and I love catching up with everybody and seeing everybody. But like, uh, for most of the time, I'm quite happy at home. Yeah, I mean? same. Yeah. See, I, I, I like being in the office during COVID because I was a key worker. Um, I was going into care homes and into hospitals and stuff, but mm. I was, it was literally like you get in the car with my PA and go and then come back again. And i i really like being in an office i really yeah. like like my office is very like people drop in and out people will be there for an hour and then go somewhere else and and i definitely i'm not as kind of paperwork productive as i am when i'm at home like i'm like you emma you know if i'm at home on my own you can just sit down and get your head down and you mm. just get like i get loads of shit done yeah but there is something about being in the office that i feel like is it's different kind of productive you know we bounce ideas off people and you know i can do sort of i feel like it's my people work it's my face-to-face work that is just not never as effective um as it is when you try and do it online not for me anyway not in a kind of work that i feel like i do it's just, i don't feel like i get the same out i think the only thing i do like is if you go into an office like at least you've got more time to make conversation chit chat with i find on zoom meetings 
we don't have much chit chat. We kind of just do, hi, how are you? How was your weekend? And then we just crack on with the business talk. And then it's like. Yeah, I, I quite like that, though, to be fair. Yeah. It's just like, because especially if I like in, I'm engrossed in the spreadsheet. And then it's like, oh, somebody like Darren started the meeting. And you're like, oh, okay. And then like, hi, Darren, how's your weekend? Yeah, fine, thanks. Okay, can we talk about what we're going to talk about? That that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're engrossed in something. And I like, just feel like, I think if I don't see, like, especially like when I used to work at Disability Rider, we obviously all work all over the country, all over the place. So, we, you know, we do sort of know each other, but we don't know each other as well as we think we would be working in an office together. Yeah. Because you don't socialise yeah. as much. And there's still times even now, like, you discover something about someone, like, I didn't know you like that, or I didn't know you did that. And we only discover these things, like, every so often. No, it's uh... I would say the exception is that Lucy and I can have three hour meetings where we only do twenty minutes work. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And yet we still manage to produce a podcast every fortnight. By the skin of our teeth. Yeah. <laughs> See your pants though. <laughs> there have been times where we're like, shall we show them just get some work done? Yeah. Uh, no, I think the only time I think I did use that with my colleague is who is like our sort of editor CEO at Disney Times. We'll have wonderful meetings with her. And we'll have chit chat for a bit. And then as kids, like, halfway through, we think, right, we should really talk about what we're actually here to talk about now, shouldn't we? Like, yeah, I think we should. But we kind of really can't, especially when it's like Friday afternoon or something. Do we really have to talk about work? But well, you know, Alice, I think there's a reason why our why our staff meetings sometimes last three hours. It's because this do it doing the podcast this way online without not actually being face to face with one another is all we've ever known. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, like, we started like getting to know each other before we went right. We can we can do this podcast, and that that lasted forever. And I think it's just a continuation. That's just how we are. <laughs> I think. I think it's also just that the two, the, the two of us could talk the hind legs, legs off, off of a donkey. donkey. There'd yeah. just be there'd be so many like sad <laughs> disabled donkeys around if we were actually working face to face with each other. We've actually got a donkey sanctuary next to our <laughs> podcast studio. Maybe, maybe, like... maybe if we want to make a bit more money. Maybe you should do like a one off like paid episode, and you can pay to like listen just. Chit chat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether anybody would actually listen to an edited edited version. I don't think so. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. People pay us to be quiet. <laughs> I think people would just pay to like just to just be shh. Yeah, we'd be we'd be better off like <laughs> if we're doing a live stream and every time somebody gives us a pound, we're quiet for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like goading them. Yeah. Boo boo zealous and everything. Like, if you want us to be quiet, you're gonna have to cough up. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think people would just switch off. Well, no, yeah, if you go <laughs> quiet, then what do you think the audio is broken? I'm like, oh, yeah. the audio. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, if you would like to pay us to keep talking. <laughs> You can, of course, donate to our GoFundMe, which is what Emma did at the beginning of this year. Um, as I'm always saying, we are entirely self-funded. And so any tiny little dribble of donation that you can spare does help us um, because we have to pay for the recording platform and the website and the, all the all Transcriptionist the service. Yeah, yeah there's... there's there's a bunch of stuff that comes out of my bank account and then I look at it and I go, where's all my money gone? <laughs> so Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but we love it and we yeah. think it's worth it. But, you know, if you love it and think it's worth it, then we will also take your money. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> my little my little segue. You could work on the one show with a segue like that, to be fair, I, I could sit next to Matt Baker and chit chat. He's not on it anymore. Not on anymore. It years very, ago. very upsetting. Oh, I I don't watch TV, so I'd, I'd actually be really bad on the one show because they'd be like, "Oh, this new thing's coming yeah, out." You're not allowed like, to swear. Oh, really? <laughs> she was the 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 what Alex Jones who presents the one show was on talking about how much presented. She said, 
Like they were like, oh, she's a presenter of the world. Jenny goes, she goes, you say presenter. I'm on screen for about five minutes in total because we're like, here's a VT about seagulls. Here's yep. a VT about your I engine. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. And <laughs> our correspondent, Lucy, is here to talk to us about sheep. Hi. <laughs> See, I could do that. Yeah, we could do it. We should do <laughs> Maybe that should be a sister podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what, Lucy talking about sheep? Yeah. Or me, just, me randomly introducing things? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a clip of Lucy snoring. Um, but yeah, but this has gone very weird. Yeah. So unlike us. Um, so tell us about what you've got coming up on uh, Rock for Disability and uh, Crip Life. Uh, well... Rock for Disability, it kind of does whatever comes to mind, really. Like I say, I do content sort of every other Monday and every other Friday, like music on a Monday, either life or disability on a Friday. So it kind of does varies what I think really at the time. Mm -hmm. And then Quip Love, like I said, we've got an interview with Tommy Jessup. Well, I'm recording it on Monday. It'll probably be published kind of end of the month, end of August, September. Um. And then, really, I mean, again, with Cribbo, we're still sort of in the early stage of trying to I sort of come up with ideas when we can, but we do um, part of our service, we do a thing called Tables We Can Advertising Service, which is sort of how we're trying to make a bit of money out of it. So, um, so like, obviously, normally when you have magazines and that, you normally like, get companies to pay a lump sum to advertise on our site. But we're doing it so it's like, what do you think your company is worth? How much can you afford? So my um colleague Joanna, she's like our advertising manager. She does, she kind of has meetings with all these companies, sort of tells her about the service, because we can offer articles, social media posts, banners, slots in the newsletter, that sort of thing. And then um sort of, you know, so they sort of negotiate a price that's relevant for their, type of business and if they're happy to go ahead they'll pay us for it and then they'll sort of write out a bit of copy of their own like about whatever they're advertising send it onto us i sort of edit it and upload it and everything and then it goes live and then we either you know depending on how much they pay they pay for social media we'll put it on social media if they pay for a banner we'll put the banner and stuff on mm. but it's kind of a nice way that you know we're still making money because we're trying to sort of restrict free content because at the end of the day we need to make money mm, yeah, and people exactly. shouldn't always ask things for free and what's so, your what's your readership been like in the first sort of few it's, months i think it's something like i mean it's not really clear on a sort of weekly daily but overall i think we've just reached just over a thousand in the See, three months really yeah the subscriptions are the mailing list is only on about 56. We would like some more subscribers on our mailing list. Mm. So you can literally just log on and put in your email address. It's a free newsletter that goes out every month. So the next edition will be going out on Monday this week coming, on the yeah. 31st of July. And then we've got all our social media channels. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And that's kind of, we share our own content, but we also mm. share other people's thoughts disability related content as well any sort of you know breaking news like the old little celebrity news or sports news or something that's going on yeah so we're constantly you know doing stuff because it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate yeah we're just the two of us doing it is yeah it's, it is a lot but it's good it's what we enjoy doing but <laughs> i mean we're just sort of we're not publishing as often like in terms of content i mean i'm trying to sort of be quite restrictive in what content we choose to do or what we would like to do. But it also depends on the topics that are out there. Like, like with the Rosie J things, it was topical for the time. Yeah. And again, this Tommy Jessup interview is based on um, promoting a documentary that he's done. So again, it's relevant to the documentary that he's doing. So it's just... But I think we've just been lucky that a lot of companies and um, media outlets are sending us press releases. So a lot of the content Absolutely. we find is through the press releases. Yeah, which is yeah. good. So again, there's no fixed plan on what we publish. It just whatever comes in or whatever comes to mind. Like I've got a few opinion piece ideas that I want to write. 
the next few months as well. And mm. if we got interviews, we'll do interviews. So it's all very quite flexible, really. But yeah, it's just right. getting the traffic out, which would be good. So more people can yeah. subscribe and read and share would be really good. Well, we will definitely share all of this d- detail in the show notes yeah. of our website. Um, so when you go to like find the details of the this episode, it'll all be there, so people can click through and yeah. and sort of have a look at Crip Life and the work you're doing. It sounds really interesting, and um, I think me and Alice can sympathise with the problems that you are facing because uh, we face them too so mm. we, we're, we're in solidarity we're in this together you, i think aren't we <laughs> yeah, i think so i well, think so i think it's, you're thinking really creatively about how you're going to kind of keep funding and supporting the work yeah i mean we've done, we've, um, we've done quite well i mean we've had about six clients so far that have come on board so it's not a lot yeah. but it's something so we know people are yeah absolutely i think a big problem is we need the readership to be bigger because the bigger the readership the more likely clients will come on board and advertise with us. I mean, and that, so, as well, Emma, I think you've done really well for your first three months for your readership to be around a thousand. It's not bad going at yeah. all. So it's just a case of keep keep your head down, keep plugging away, and see, yeah. you know, see what's around the corner. So you know, don't don't lose hope. Yeah. Straight away. Well, I think at the moment our target be... is sort of to give it a year, see how we get on, review again, and then see how we go. We don't know really. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those strange things that, you know, I'm still amazed every time I see what our, like, streaming numbers are. Because I'm just like, how are, how are people, like, still listening? How do people care? Like, <laughs> it's a bit like, what, what, what? Sorry. Um, but, but, you know, I think if you keep producing content, you keep talking to interesting people. And I think that's the thing that, that kind of really helps us is we do. We keep yeah. inviting interesting people on the show. And there are people who, you know, want to come and share their stories with us. Um that people do you know they do want they they want to particularly i think disabled people they want to they want to hear and see themselves I out there a, and, i think it's a know. companionship thing like i was saying about you yeah. guys like sometimes i i can go days and weeks without seeing people but my parents or carers i don't really see many people so when i hear podcasts like you guys it's almost like i've got a little friend sitting here chatting with you for a couple of hours cause... don't you will make me cry <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's always companionship, and it's and also we can relate when it is disabled content. It's obviously you know we can relate and empathise with some of the yeah. situations these guests are going through. Then mm, absolutely. Well, Emma, it's been absolutely great to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can uh, listeners and anybody interested in Crip Life find out about? Yeah, you? so Crip Life is just criplife.co.uk, and Rock for Disability is rockfordisability.com, and then we're on all the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everything. Right, so, we'll, we'll make yeah. sure that we link everything so that it's easy yeah. to find. Can I also just quickly plug as well? I'm also campaigning for more audio description on TV and film. I've been doing that for quite a few years now. I've got a petition for that as well. I think it's mm-hmm. got just over about 3,600 signatures so far. But I would That's like incredible. more people to sign that as well. Yes. And help spread we the word about that. that. Yeah. If you can send us the link to yeah. the position, we'll we'll yeah. share that on our socials. Yeah, because well, I just I, I don't know whether Alice. people are aware like how important. I mean, I guess Alice, you know, like the importance yes. of audio description and how vital it is for us to enjoy TV and film. And I mean, it is getting a lot better, and we are getting more. Of it, but there's still elements out there that we still don't get. Oh yeah, there's there's huge things that I just I don't get to watch. Like and so it's you know, there's then conversations that I just don't get to have with like people and you know, it's the thing about like when you're in the office and people are like, Oh, have you watched this? Like I know that there was a lot of talk quite recently about um Love Island trying to sort of they were doing descriptions of uh, like the presenters and things like and describing the uh i i am not a love island watcher but i believe yeah. they were like describing the house or something okay. but they weren't actually from what i understood from what i was, was hearing on on the radio they weren't actually um like audio describing the episodes it was like mm. oh here's an introduction to the um you know to the presenter and they described themselves and but 
there was nobody there then actually saying, oh, you know, such and such reaches for a cup in between conversations and things like that. And yeah. and it is, you would be surprised how much you miss mm. when you don't have those kind of, you know, what is, is visual yeah. described to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, so we'll definitely share that on our social medias as well. Absolutely. We'll, yeah. we'll put it in our newsletter um, for your episode so that it goes to our newsletter subscribers. Yeah, so yeah that's, that's good. Great. Thank so, you. So. No problem at all. Thank you so much for joining us, Emma. That's okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice to talk to you. Um, again, as I always say, if you enjoyed this episode, everybody, please tell your friends. Please leave us a review. Um, go and find Emma on the internet find us on the internet if you don't follow us already um, and unless Lucy you want to be our correspondent on the ground talking about sheep I think that might be us done for the week I think week. that is us done for the week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we you. will see you all next time Bye-bye. bye bye Thanks for listening to The Label Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review and subscribe and you can follow us on social media at Labelled Pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved. <laughs>